Everybody and welcome to episode 11 of Friendly Fire. Today's episode, we're going to talk about when real life strikes, like when you're working with somebody and shit just happens and they have to disappear and what that's like. So with me as always is, oh, geez. Um, ben Jordan. Ben Jordan. What's up, Ben? Hey, buddy. You know, life and the pursuit yeah. of. It's a very relevant topic for today. It is. Well, you know, and the reason it's the topic is uh, when we were talking a little bit this morning about, you know, having the episode and, and you said, yeah, I would like that because I'm not having a great day. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. What's going on? So Ben, what's going on? It's just spotlight, spotlight fade to black. Ben's up. No, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's personal. It's the home, it's the home life. And mm -hmm. Uh, it, our last episode was called expectations and we, I'm having an expectation mix mat miss mismatch at home. And I think mm -hmm. I was telling you a little bit before we hit record record, but, um, yeah, I, my, my wife is dealing with what I think I would like to call, um, what did I call it? Summer, summer home, the summer stay home, summer. Ah, yeah. Something, whatever. I had such a good name for it. It was great. Summer recorded. break syndrome. Summer break syndrome. Summer break syndrome. That was it. Yeah. So all the kids are at home. My wife is feeling behind on everything. She's always like, she feels like she's constantly breaking up a fight between our kids and they're not big fights. And it's just all this crap that, you know, my wife and I don't get to spend a ton of time together when you have, um, well, let's say this we're together in proximity. Our bodies are in the same room, but we're not getting like time together because, kids are waking up and kids aren't wanting to go to bed and there's all this crap. And then it's like nine 30 and we're both wiped. And so we begrudgingly turn on some episode to try to watch something. And then we're like nine 50. We're like, we should just go to sleep. I'm tired. And, and that's your together time, right? That's the watching some episode of television. <laughs> yeah. Or, we're like, oh, God. or it's like, we're so far behind on cleaning that we should do our 15 minute, like pick up. And then after that, we're both just like, whatever. And it's, it's, really interesting. The more people I've said this to, they either totally get it and they know it or they, like I say it to them and they're like, Oh my God, I never thought about it. But my emotional state is so tied into the condition of our house. Uh, I'm so the same way. Like uh, if, if things are, and, and I always take it as my issue. <clears throat> like if there's an area that's messed up and it's bothering me, I clean it up. Yeah. But it is one of those things. If things are messy, it, messes with my brain. My brain is like, look, everything's messed up. You, you haven't even put your freaking shoes in the closet, you know? So I, uh, I feel you. And my wife's the same way. And, but I don't think she really realized that until recently. And so we, we went through like a decluttering thing at the house and all that, but the, the worst part, and it's just these parallels between like the work marriage between you and I and the home marriage between my wife and I, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are partnerships out there where people don't get as emotional and they're not as emotionally connected. And I think they're missing out on some success there because I think when like you and I are both super passionate, we push each other further, which I think is great, but like I'm doing things that make my wife feel horrible on accident. Like we got back from out of town. I 
traveled for about three weeks. Um, mm-hmm. All the clothes I cared about were in a suitcase, so I washed them. And then I wake up um, Tuesday morning. I've got to pick up Chris from the airport because he's in town. I've got client meetings. I know what I want to wear. And I can't find my clothes. Like that load of laundry is just gone. <laughs> I'm like, where, where is it? And so I start walking around. I can't find it. I cannot find it. And so I ask my wife and she's like, oh, yeah, it's in the closet. It's just buried. And, you know, I was irritated. And she asked me, are you okay? I was like, I'm just irritated because, you know, I had my morning planned and this took a ton of time. And she took that personally. So yeah, it's just been hard. And then we haven't had time to sit and really talk about it. And so the things I'm doing make her feel like she's not doing a great job, but that's not at all what I think. And we've talked about that, but you know, I think it's that this will, will bring it back from less my personal life and more to the work, but that's the, I was texting with a friend of mine and saying, I don't like the phrase and it's semantics, but the, the semantics of work life balance, when you talk about that, it's it's, I feel like you're putting work and life against each other, right? right? It's like, I'm in work and I'm balancing the life side. When am I leaving today? Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. When am I going to stop working? And when you're in life, you're balancing the work side. And to me, it's again, semantics, but you just have life and work is a yeah. large chunk of that. Right. I totally agree. I, I think you just have life and you just have to focus where you are when you're there. Yeah. So if you happen to be at home, you should be doing home stuff. If you're in the home office, you'd be doing work stuff. If you know, you're out in the field, whatever it is, it's like, you need to be where you are. And I think that's the biggest issue is if, when people get this work life balance concern, then they're suddenly never sure where they're supposed to be. Right. Cause there's not a scale you can put them on. Well, so people are constantly convinced they're losing something. And they use numbers and consulting firms use this, you know, burn rate and, you know, your utilization number. And like you look at those when you're billing, but those remove like the human from the equation. Right. And so there are weeks that you've had recently where you're helping with parent stuff and it cranks a couple hours out of the day. And, you know, we had another guy who had to take the morning because his dog was sick and like was real sick and they were real worried. And it's this thing of like, it, it, they clash on top of each other. And that's, those are the hardest things that I think people don't talk about. Like I've worked at a few companies where I remember people being like, Hey, um, I'm going to go to the dentist and you'd have to like actually take that as like PTO or schedule it around like work time, you know? Right. Right. But then there are those weeks where like, you're just really light. You're waiting on a client to approve something or, you know, you're in that like in between sprint planning or whatever it is. And you just don't have a ton of time, but you're still just sitting at work when that could be like home time. So that's what I think is interesting to talk about today is just how do you manage that? And how do we manage that as partners corporately for our people and for each other? Like when you've got life stuff, I've got life stuff. It seems like it's just this collusion and just crashing into of like when you want to be working is when life demands time. <laughs> and when, Well, yeah. I know. mean, I, I agree. And I think another thing is, so we don't realize, um, the impact of our moods. Right. Mm, Yeah. And, and yeah, you know, you mentioned my parents and my dad's sick and, uh, and he's not going to get better. I mean, it's not going to kill him, but it's dementia. So it's going to, you know, pretty much eat away at, at who he is. Yeah. And so I have to, I'm dealing with that and it's not about me, but there's a lot I have to do. Like uh, today I was able to get the car sold that felt amazing. Um, you know, and then we've got the movers coming in and they're going to assist a little bit, all these things. I'm going to get my life back and it feels amazing, but there's so much I have to do every day 
from just a running errands to getting to doctor's appointments to making sure that they have food to, you know, just stuff. And, um, and it's all payback for everything they did for me. So it's not like I'm, I'm yeah. some begrudged kid, you know, who's stuck with this. But if something goes wrong while I'm over there and I have to leave because I've got a call, it's going to impact that call. And if we have, if there's somebody on the team whose, you know, dog is really sick and has to get to the vet, right? It's going to impact that person. And so there's this emotional state and, and you talked about it, you know, you're, you're having these issues and, um, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how to help your wife and, and how you guys can, you know, get a little bit of breathing room so that you don't feel like you're constantly behind. Well, when you show up at work, I'm sure people feel it, you know, if you mean for them to or not. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll never forget. It was one day I went into engine. This would have been like 2005, 2006. And, uh, I was just pissed. I was just mad as hell. And, and in the early days of engine, I just, I tried to force things to happen. Like everything from getting work to getting the work out the door. I would, I would just try to be this angry man who like somehow forced things to happen. I don't even know who that guy is anymore. And, uh, but I'll never forget. I came in one day and somebody that was, that was working there came over and said, I don't think you know the impact you have here. And I was like, what do you mean? And they said, well, before you came in, there was music playing and people were laughing and stuff was getting done. But the second you got here, everything shut down. And I was like, what? <laughs> what happens? Why did that happen? And she just looked at me and she goes, you're just obviously in a really bad mood and you're kind of in charge. Yeah. And so you set the tone. And so I learned, and, and this, this gets back to it, I learned then that if I'm in a bad mood, it's better for me not to be around everybody right? until I can get the space I need to get through it. And I think it's the same for you. It's the same for anybody on the team. You know, there's this concept of, of leadership and, and all that stuff. And, and I think we probably share different views of, of how that works just based on you coming through consultancies and, and me kind of faking it all these years. <laughs> but for me, it's everybody, right? If anybody comes in on the team that's, that's got this outside of work issue going on, um, and granted, we're distributed, right? So it's very rare we're going to be together. Yeah. But even online, um, even the way that somebody replies to a Slack message or, a, you know, something in Basecamp or whatever, you can feel it. It's easier to fake it remotely. It's definitely easier to fake it. Yeah. Um, but I think everybody needs those opportunities to just say, I need like six hours to get out of my own head, <laughs> you know, and I'll make it up. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not getting out of any of my responsibilities or anything like that, but, and then, yeah, you and I are, it's a different, it's amplified because we are the people who, you know, run the company and I struggle to even say these things. Right. But, <laughs> but it's one of those things that we have to be extra careful. So when you said you were having a bad day and I knew that you were there with Chris and Chase and, you know, I don't know if Caleb's around or not, but I knew you were there with them. I was like, oof, I hope it's not impacting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and I, I think it, the way I handle that is like, I just told them, I was like, Hey, like I'm in a fairly foul, foul mood today and I'm trying everything we can, everything I can to get beyond it. Um, I was like, so we need to figure out what the soundtrack for today is going to be. Um, and then we've got to figure out like a really good lunch cause I'm an, I'm an emotional eater. And I was like, so gloomy bears just going to get out of it. But yeah, I, I always try to at least just communicate. Cause I think there's nothing worse than when you're just being a total, 
tool to someone and they know it and you're like, why are you in a bad mood? I'm not in a bad mood. Okay. Why are you acting so pissy? I'm not acting pissy. You're like, well, I'm also not an idiot, you know? And you're also in a position of power, you know, if we want to acknowledge it or not. And, and so it's a totally different thing. Even, even if we go in and say it, like, I mean, I agree with you. I've gone in and said, look guys, I'm just in a horrible mood and it's nothing to do with here. It has to do with stuff that has nothing to do with the company. Because the other thing is people will fill in the blanks. Yeah. If you don't say it, even if they don't feel it's them, they'll be convinced there's something they don't know. Yeah, Something bad has happened that impacted the company and therefore it's going to impact me. Right. And so that's, I mean, that gets back to transparency and sharing everything. But, but there are things that are going to happen that are personal that we just need to be able to say, hey, this is personal. It doesn't impact here. But... Yeah. yeah. So, so how did the morning go? Like, I mean, when you told them that and everything, cause it, I mean, we, we just connected what, like around one o'clock Eastern and you'd, you know, been running for the, for the morning uh, with everybody. And so like, how did it go? Like the morning? I think good. I mean, I picked up Chris from the hotel, um, and he was in a little bit of a funk too. He had had, uh, I, I think it was like his, his wife FaceTimed him and um, the kids were screaming and they couldn't connect, you know, he's out of town and he's just like, why the second you pick up the phone, do they start screaming? Which anyone who's a parent who's FaceTime with their wife, the anticipation and expectation typically aren't the same, right? It's like the kid's like, mom's attention is elsewhere. I'm going to scream now. But Chris asked how I was and I was like, you know, it's, I'm good. I'm tired. Um, I'm really looking forward to kind of just going and crushing some things today. Um, that'll make me feel if I can accomplish them there, good. And so as we're driving in, you know, just, we talked about it, which is great. Cause Chris and I have a friendship. We work together too. So I just kind of told him what was going on. And I think that was good for him. He's like, I totally get it, man. I'm totally there. Let me know how I can help, which, so then it, you know, it's turned to where he knows what it is. He's not feeling weird about it. Cause yeah, just sitting silently is not good. Yeah. Chase came in and one of the things that was bothering me was that kind of a work related thing. And I just told him, like, Hey, I really want to figure this out today. Like this is weighing yeah. on me what can I do to help? And, and so to me, like asking for help and like you said, letting people know that it's not normal and it's not them. Like when you empower them to help, I I feel like that made the tone good. And so then Caleb showed up and we had music playing and I said, you know, it might as well be raining outside because we're going to do like kind of gloom rock today. <laughs> and, um, like, okay, every, okay, okay. You know, give me one song that you would call gloom rock. I've got to understand this genre. <laughs> Uh, Timber Tambor, um, is a band and it's like folky. The guy's got a super weird voice and it sounds like it should be like in the Rocky horror picture show soundtrack or whatever. Okay. Well now, now I realize Rocky horror was actually a, a love soundtrack. There so was I... gloomy rock in it though. <laughs> you know, there was, Okay. Um, but no, yeah. So I was just like, it's not going to be like jammy loud. It's going to be like, you know, music that goes with a rainy day and, and productivity. And so I think it's good. And I told Caleb, I said, you know, we're, um, I've got a lot going on today. I'm here to help you. If I feel off, it's because I'm having weird stuff at home. My wife and I are just missing. And I love the transparency because I think, I mean, you can't always be on the same page, but everyone here today in this office is married. And it seems like everyone here in the office understands when you go, my wife and I just are missing. Like we're just our communication hasn't been perfect. And so I'm just feeling off about that. So I think the fact that I was transparent, everyone knew that. And it seemed like a normal morning. Like no one was like, look at Ben over there being silent. And I put on a happy face, but 
they're definitely like today wasn't one of the worst days I've had. Like if it had been much worse, if one or two things more had happened, I may have just like not been here, like found a reason to like go run an errand for everyone. (laughs) So what's your, what's your big trigger? Like, and this can be something at work. It doesn't have to be outside work, but what's, what's a trigger for you? Something that happens that just puts you in that mood where you've got to get the hell out of there. Man, it's like on that, it's the Hulk meter, right? It's just like, yeah, it's, it doesn't even matter what it is, but like there, a lot of times it'll be something that I want to control that I can't. And as you do like the five or six things, like, okay, well I'll approach it this way or like to my wife, I'll say this and then I'll say this. And it just is the opposite of what you want. I think it's that opposite reaction of what you were hoping for. Like I raged out almost the other night we were putting together, um, like little desk and the, the box was a mess and I picked it up and was trying to walk out and running into the door and like it stuff was falling out. And it's like with every movement, it got more difficult. And so anything, I think that's the trend is when I'm like trying to make it better, but every movement makes it worse. I'm like, yeah, I gotta go. I'm so pissed. I've got to leave. I'm going to explode. I'm going to burn down the building just to get rid of this box. Like (laughs) just, it's rage for me. It's like, it's that miss of where you're trying to be good, but it doesn't help. Like it's, I think that that feels the worst to me when it's like, I'm just, I'm going to do this and I can't. And it, so, so for you, it's a series of small things that are out of your control. Like they just build up and then you're finally like, I got to go. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't remember the last time I had like one thing that it was like this one thing just yeah, pissed me off belief beyond belief. But then if there has been something more meaningful and it's like two or three, then things that are seemingly meaningless will stack up. Like it's, if my mind is frustrated about something else, then yeah, the fact that I open a pen and it bleeds on my hands, I'm like, like it'll just, it stacks. Um, but it's the stack effect for sure. It's never, I don't think I'm trying to, but I don't think I've ever had one where it was just recently where it was just one thing happened. And I was like, that's it. Right. You, are you the one or are you the stacker? Um, I think I have the one and then I stack things on it. (laughs) Right. So it's, uh, like for example, I mean, it's no joke and and I've talked to you about it. We may have mentioned it here before, but cash flow. Yeah. Right. It's like, uh, I mean, I live payroll to payroll, you know, just like people live paycheck to paycheck. And I lived that way for six, seven years and uh, I never missed one. Luckily, I mean, missed one personally, cause as an owner, those things happen. You just, you know, you eat it, make sure everybody else gets what they need. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so, so if I see cash flow get low, you know, it, it, it puts me in a position where I start grabbing everything that might or is negative and putting it together. But I think I've gotten better. I think it's like, uh, did you ever see the Bugs Bunny cartoon with Elmer Fudd where if he doesn't get angry, he'll inherit all the money? <laughs> no. Did you ever see that one? So no. It's, it's a great episode. So Bugs Bunny shows up and, and Elmer's inherited like a million dollars. Bugs is from the estate and he has to verify that he has taken care of his anger problem because that was a big issue and all this stuff. And so every time he gets angry, Bugs takes some of the money away. <laughs> Right. He's like, okay, well, you know, you did that. And so finally at the end, Elmer gets to this point where he's got one person with a board that's smacking him in the ass, another person with a pie that's slamming in his face, all this kind of stuff. And he's like, look, rabbit, I don't get angry no more. Right. And Bugs just turns to the camera and says, I don't have the heart to tell him. And he shows the sheet and it's ne- it's zero. Right. There's like nothing left. <laughs> and so I think really I, I kind of had that where it was a, uh, all those negatives, but it was always based on the money yeah. and, uh, and the fear. I mean, it was truly based on the fear and, and the feeling inadequate that I wasn't going to be able to take care of the people that had trusted me. 
And, and it's funny because, you know, you, you use the word leader and you talk about leadership and I avoid the word leader um, because it, it, to me, it's just a, a totally different thing. And it's not right or wrong. It's just, it's just one of the differences between the two of us. And, uh, but for me, it's, um, I feel the responsibility of that word. I feel the, the need to make sure that I'm taking care of everybody. And this has always been a thing for me though. Yeah. So, so I guess that's probably another thing, you know, my whole life I've like, I, I struggle and you and I talked about this. I struggle to hear somebody that's just trying to say that they're in pain. I just want to fix it. And, uh, I had a friend who I was talking to yesterday who had, who had lost a job and she had a few agencies she was talking to and some other stuff. And I was just like, Oh, these don't look good. You know, it's like, you can tell looking at a, a shop's website, right? Yeah. If you look at an agency's website, there are a few triggers right away that'll let you know. Um, one is, is the timestamp on the site 2012. Okay. Well, then there's probably not somebody there who really gives a shit. Yeah. Right. There's somebody who cares and has just tied the damn thing to the server clock. It's not that hard anymore, people. Um, and then, you know, you click on something and you get some sort of a server error or there's some sort of really out of date research or something that just doesn't, you can't tell who they are, what they stand for. I mean, engines struggled with that for a while. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help her out. And all she wanted was for me really to hear this story, I think of the way it went down, like the way she got fired and the, the places she was looking at and this and that. But all I could think was, okay, what shops do I know that need her skills? Right. Cause I'm, I'm kind of, going straight over the emotional and trying to solve it. And, uh, and I think that nature of trying to solve things instead of understand that people just need you to listen combined with running a company is a deadly mix. And, and so for me, that's one of the great things about you being here is I don't have to look at it. Like we got into a situation with a recent payroll where I was like, Whoa, that's going to take things down. But then you know what? New money came in before the payroll went out and it kind of stayed close to even. Yeah. And I was like, well, son of a bitch, Ben's got this under control. So, so for me, and I know we're kind of all over the place, but I, I just like that we're having this conversation. For me, um, that kind of allows me to relax a little. And I think this might be one of the benefits of having two people that, that are kind of paying attention and running the company is that you can have that bad day and lean on me, right? Yeah, for sure. You've got somebody you can talk to that you don't have to worry is going to, you know, <laughs> contact three other people at the company and go, I'm worried about him. He's losing his shit. <laughs> right. Do, is, does anybody know what's going on? Cause it seems like something's wrong. And, uh, and, you know, and, and, and so that, that to me is, is huge to know now that, and, and we've had some pretty heated conversations and we came through them pretty good. Um, but I think that's, that's part of it for me. So it's, so it's, there will be some sort of a trigger which in the past has been cash flow, um, or quality. Like if something shitty just gets out there, uh, I used to have a perfectionist problem. Now <laughs> I just, I just try to focus on professional excellence. You know, there's no such thing as perfect. Let's just try to be as good as we can. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I'll just stack on top of it. I'll find every little thing. And, uh, I, I used to call it picking up acorns because my dad used to make me go clean the lawn, like pick up big sticks and stuff before he would mow it. And I never wanted to do it. And so I would always end up under this one big oak tree, just like picking up acorns. <laughs> oh, this could cut his leg, right? My dad would come out and I <laughs> picked up like a hundred plus acorns and put them in a bucket. He's like, what are you doing? And I'd be like, I'm cleaning up the yard. 
And, uh, you know, that, that was like seven, six year old me. And I don't think I ever got over it. I still freaking, when I get in a bad mood, man, I'm picking up acorns. Yeah. It's so stupid. You should get out of, you should get out of this business with me right now. Nah, I think, I mean, that's the reason I got into it with you is because I wanted someone else to talk to things, talk about things with, you know, and starting my own thing and being the guy, you know, early, early in career land for me, I would overshare with people that I worked with and didn't realize the impact as a leader, or, you know, someone that had visibility into something that others didn't be like, man, blah, blah, blah is happening and not realizing that I was freaking people out. Right. But I like yeah. that we have each other, um, you know, cause that, that's the thing I was listening to that startup podcast from Gimlet and these two founders in the second season were with like a partner counselor whose like entire job is to help people like who are partners get through arguments and right. It was funny because the thing that he was saying is fighting with your partner is the worst thing because your partner's usually the one you're talking to about the person you're fighting with. Like you're like, you get me, you know me, you know the struggles, you feel the same feelings I do. And then when we're fighting, it's even worse because you're like, it just feels bigger. It's more, it's more monumental, but no, I love it, man. I love that we're able to talk about the things we do. And you know, when I'm feeling insecure about something or unsure about something, I'm like, what do you think about this? And I think this feels like the right way to go. And I definitely have my things that I'm fully confident in. That's the right decision. I'm going to go down that path. And there's the others. And I'm grateful for that. Um, and it is, I don't know, life is just hard because I feel like my, the met, the metaphor for me getting frustrated is just that, that fish tailing out of control car that's going 90 on the highway <laughs> and you like correct. And then you correct again. And, and before you know it, your fish tailing is spinning all over the highway. Yeah. Sometimes there's collateral damage. Sometimes there's not. And then the car comes to a standstill. You take a deep breath and you're like, okay, am I facing the right direction? Whatever you kind of put it back and drive and slowly make your way back onto the highway. And I feel like that's always what my freakouts are is it's like squirrel. And then I like swerve and it's just back and forth and back and forth and it feels out of control and you got deep breath, but it's good. I think it's, it's companies that don't recognize that, uh, you know, it, it's, we're small and it's who we are and it's, we're going to try to stay small so we can stay intentional, but there's nothing better than when you work with people realizing they're having a bad day or like aware and conscientious of what people are going through and then help them with what they need. Like if it is like, Hey dude, just take off, like go, go drink that bottle of NyQuil and lay down or go for a walk or whatever. I just want to make sure that we can do that for each other and for the people we get to work with. I think it's important as maybe the one takeaway from this all over the place podcast is just you know, try to give people what they may need or what they may not want to ask for because the rules of business make it in the way. But I think that's important, you know? Well, and we, and so, you know, we never had rules, right? Yeah. So it's like up, up until, you know, and, and we still were figuring them out. I mean, we had, we had understandings, I would say, you know, they weren't really rules. And so one of the things that would happen previously at engine previously on engine previously. Um, was people would just do whatever. And that would become annoying. There, there's another thing I think that happens is sometimes we amplify in our heads how much we have been acting a certain way when we've actually kind of learned to control it. It's like you're talking about fishtailing. Well, imagine if you just kind of swerved a little bit and everything's fine, but in your brain, you're like going through that crazy fishtail. When, uh, when I was at the full service agency, I went through like three weeks of really being upset with everybody, like a 40 person shop. And I was, I just was angry at everybody. And, uh, one day 
I just went into my boss's office and I said, you know, I feel like I should send out a company-wide email just apologizing for how I've been acting. And she was like, how have you been acting? I was like, I've been, I've been really mad at everybody. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. She goes, I don't think anybody noticed. You've been a little quiet maybe, but in meetings you've been fine. You haven't yelled at anybody or you haven't like sent anybody nasty notes or anything, have you? And I was like, no. And she goes, well, then just don't like send out a company-wide email. Just freaking be better. <laughs> you know, it's not that hard. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. Now, interestingly, interestingly, she later recruited me to send nasty grams once a week out to the company to talk about dumb shit that I had seen people doing. <laughs> it was awesome and hellish. It was, it was, it was truly magical. She just said, who are you upset at? And I told her and she was like, well, yeah, that's pretty stupid. And I went, yeah. And she went, why don't you just write a company wide email and just start calling out the dumb shit you see? So that made me real popular. Uh, a lot of lunches alone. That um, didn't, didn't feel like a, a cultural ad, like a good plus. It, it wasn't, it wasn't even an experiment. It was just oh, me man. pissing on the company. <laughs> like the boss's orders. You're was, like, uh, you know, some people say they don't want to, you know, rain on your parade. My job is to pee on your parade. Exactly. Like literally, my boss just gave exactly. me this job. Exactly. I just, that's what I'm going to do. Parade urinator. Which was, which was kind of funny. You for email. not being mean. Yeah. <laughs> Director of parade urination, Carl oh, Smith. Oh, God. Okay, let's stop saying that because it's starting to sound gross. It is. Yeah, it is. Well, I think, you know, we want to so, respect people's time. But what else is there to wrap this thing, buddy? Well, I mean, I, I guess, how are you feeling, right? I mean, you, you, we started this episode before we hit record and you were in a, a pretty deep funk and, you know, you actually thought this episode might help. Like if we just talked about what was going on and granted, we didn't talk a lot about the, you know, the, the back and forth with you and your wife, that's between you and your wife. Yeah. Um, I understand. I mean, I definitely have those disconnects and I, I have those conversations with my wife where one of us says, look, I'm going to walk away right now because I just don't feel like I'm being respected or I don't feel like we're hearing each other. So, I mean, definitely have that understanding, but, but where are you at now? I mean, we've talked a little bit and you've obviously got, you know, the rest of your day to take care of and I've got stuff to go do, but, but where are you at? Are you okay? Yeah. Thank you for asking. I, I, I think I'm back at like ground zero. I'm just kind of neutral. Um, I've had enough time from the frustrations of the early morning doctor's visit, which we don't have to talk about, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I feel fine. Uh, and I mean that not in like a passive aggressive way. I feel good. Um, I'm not overly zealous and excited about life. I'm not frustrated. I feel good. I feel normal and neutral, which I think is good. Like I'm such a, I use the phrase and people I think use it. I, I feel like I mean it. I'm a water under the bridge guy. I think I've told you that a lot. Mm -hmm. If I can just talk about what's going on, I feel like it really is like this, it gets out of my head and I'm like, Oh, whatever. I'm good. Um, so yeah, I think talking about it, I appreciate it. I was kind of like, man, I don't know if I want to record. I don't want to just be like this cloud of darkness on the podcast. And it's you talking for 38 minutes and me giving like, like, yeah, no, I, I think that's probably right. It seems, <laughs> seems to be accurate. Well, yeah, there's a line in a Tom Petty song where he says, sometimes I'm down and there's nobody to blame. And it's just, I think that, we always try to fix or figure out or embrace the darkness where sometimes we just need to realize, Hey, you know what? I'm going to be upset for a while. We'll see what happens. I'm sure it'll go away. Yeah. I, I feel better, but thank you. Yeah. I think talking about it feels good. And just knowing that it's normal and that's just part of life, man. I mean, 
it doesn't matter who it is. When you spend a lot of time with them, you're going to, your communication streams, you're going to cross the streams on accident, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I thought, I thought you said crossing the streams was bad, Ray. Uh, yeah, but you know, there's always a situation where it makes sense. Good Ghostbusters yep. reference. Gozer. Um, love it. Well, there you go. Well, there I guess, go. I guess it's time to say goodbye. It is. And thank you for talking about it, you know, and we did say on the last podcast that we'd make sure to get to back a little bit of the like personal mess and relationship drama. So (laughs) there you go. We we thought we were going to start being practical things that we're doing that could help you. (laughs) No, we're going to stick in this emotional piece of shit that we are. (laughs) Here you go. (laughs) Here's our relationship again. Enjoy. (laughs) All right, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. And Ben, try to be in a better mood next time. My bad. My bad, man. I will. And then was like, you need to go buy like really tight underwear and like just like hold it all in place. So at like six, I went to Walmart and bought my first pair of whitey tighties I've bought in a very long time. Um, and like two sizes too small. And today I'm wearing whitey tighties slider shorts, and normal boxer briefs. And They're called tighty whiteys, aren't they? Or is it whitey tighties? I always thought it was tighty whiteys. I like tidy whities better. Tight is more important than white, so let's go tidy whities.